0: nwp radio you're listening to nwp radio a production of the national writing project nwp NWP. welcome listeners
1: this is nwp radio a production of the national writing project today is november 9th 2020 and today we are talking talking with anthony Rendazzo and sandy jacobs who are here to push our thinking a bit about Well, our retirement plans. Listeners and viewers, you might be wondering, what are you hinting at, NWP? And I assure you that we are not saying anyone should go anywhere. Rather, we'd like to talk about why and how working educators should take a more active role in thinking about retirement. I am your host, Tanya Baker at the National Writing Project in Berkeley, California. Anthony and Sandy, we are so pleased that you reached out to us and that we can have this important conversation with you. Before we get started, uh, perhaps you could tell listeners something about yourselves. Like maybe we could start with a traditional introduction. Who are you? What do you do? And what brings you to out to talk to the National Writing Project today?
0: Well, thanks for having us on. My name is Anthony Randazzo. I'm the Executive Director of a nonprofit called Equable Institute. Um, And what we do is a very specific focused thing. We work with all stakeholders related to public sector retirement systems. So that's teacher retirement systems, public safety, state workers. We work with public sector workers like educators. We work with state and local officials. We work with um, financial um, specialists. I'm trying to make sure that retirement systems are sustainable and actually provide retirement security to everybody. Um, this is something that I kind of got into from being an economist, but like more and more has become personal to me. This is, I just had a daughter and I'm now thinking so much about education systems and, and um, what's important for good schools near, near me and, and how the resources are, are working. So this is all of a sudden went from a really technical thing to, a really personal thing for me.
2: Indeed. And Sandy? Hi, thanks so much for, for having us. I'm Sandy Jacobs, and I work with an organization called Education Council, and we focus on a variety of education, ego, uh, education issues from a policy, advocacy, and, and law perspective. Um, I've been working on uh, education issues, and specifically teacher policy issues, Uh, For a number of years, I started my career as a teacher in New York City. Uh, I've worked on federal policy, national policy, uh, state policy, and um, I started uh, to pay attention to issues around teacher retirement as an extension of trying to understand uh, teacher compensation and, and teacher salary. And uh, whether you're looking through the lens of um, how we make sure that all kids have great teachers and making sure, or the opposite side of that, right? Making sure that all teachers uh, have great careers and are a part of a strong profession. uh, The issue around pensions and teacher retirement has just become more and more important.
1: I'm really looking forward to you helping, both of you helping unpack that idea for us. Uh, But before we do, maybe we'll have one more round of introduction, which is like, tell us something so our uh, listeners can feel like they get to know you a little bit. Uh, For instance, you could tell us in your day-to-day life, what might we find you doing at 4 p.m. on a Monday afternoon if you weren't talking with us?
0: You actually might find me and Sandy chatting about how we can like work more effectively with educators. This normally is a a time where we um, check in with kind of what's going on around the country, who we know is um, like engaging on this issue really well, where we might be able to like offer more resources. Um, But I get that that's the more technical answer. The (laughs) the other thing that you might find uh, me doing is sitting with a really large Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> 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 like so, so much of my work seems to exist in this in this tool um, that uh, it was, it's crazy how much of our lives are like spreadsheets and PowerPoint decks, um, but like they're the things that like make the world go around. And uh, I think a few years ago, I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm just going to embrace it. I'm not going to complain about it. Um, I'm so glad that we have these tools that like help us function. Excellent.
2: It's funny because uh, I think this is the time we would normally be speaking to each other, <laughs> and um, I think part of what makes us such a great team is that while Anthony's knee deep in the spreadsheets then and, and the the numbers, uh, right, I'm I'm paying attention to the policy side and and reading you know what what what's happened in the education policy world today.
1: So we are gonna push this um, podcast out widely to our community and beyond, but I can tell you that our community um, of teachers who are also in National Writing Project leaders will appreciate this answer because they'll say, oh, they're just like us. They're just talking about their work (laughs) and seeing each other and talking about their work some more um i'm always really excited when i get to interview someone who's an expert in a problem that i haven't thought a lot about and honestly even though i'm old enough that i should have uh this is not maybe a topic i've spent enough time thinking about so i wonder if you could just open by explaining the problem of teacher retirement as you understand it
0: well you know like all good stories. There's like three parts to this like saga. So um, and then one of them is that the vast majority of teachers are enrolled in pensions, Um, uh, but they really actually are only working for maybe one in five educators around the country. Um, There are educators who will work for 20 years and not qualify for a decent pension, a decent retirement package. Um, The current systems that we have in the U.S., um, they're basically built for the mid 20th century, as opposed to the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't mean that they can't work for anybody. That they're not working for anybody, but they're not working for all. Mm-hmm. And when we have gone around the country talking with educators, we've even found that the most teachers don't really even know how all of their retirement benefits work mm-hmm. because they're spending their times teaching kids, <laughs> and um, it's just not the thing that we focus on. So that so that's one part is that their current systems are not working for everybody. The second is that there is a s- roughly 700 billion, with a B, shortfall in the funding that um, is necessary to pay out retirement benefits for everybody that's already earned them, for all educators that have earned them. And these, this money is sort of spread dis evenly across the state, right? Or across the states. Ten percent of that money is like focused in California, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not everywhere. But on average, every teacher pension plan has only 70 cents on the dollar saved for it. So there's this funding problem that exists and that funding problem um, has caused states to start to take more and more money out of teachers checks and out of education budgets in order to try and backfill that 700 billion dollar shortfall and then the the third part is just there's a political crisis this is not an easy thing actually to talk about Um, this is a very personal thing for a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh, as it should be Uh, Just the discussion about teacher retirement can oftentimes cause people to like go put on their war paint and get in battle positions. Um, And just the political process around talking about retirement and particularly if we're going to make changes to systems or introduce new systems, that can be scary because most people think they're going to lose something in the process. And so there's a need to have better information um, to talk about how it can improve things.
1: And can you each tell how you became, you know, we're talking about teachers, myself included, who have um, maybe not taken a big interest in this problem. So can you each say a little bit about how you became interested in the problem?
2: Yeah, as as I mentioned in my introduction, so I've worked on teacher quality issues and and teacher policy issues for for a number of years. And um, I, I think most teachers know that teacher salaries have been rather flat uh, for for the past decade or so, um, with teachers seeing pretty small increases over that time. And uh, when we go back even farther and and look at teacher salaries um, adjusted over time, teacher salaries have not been rising. And um, in unpacking that and trying to understand that, you you look at the, the rising costs of teacher retirement and and teacher healthcare and other things that are part of teacher compensation. And um, as as Anthony mentioned, when when you start to dig into the issue and see, wait a second, so it's having this huge impact on teacher salaries. Um, It's only working for a minority of teachers or there's this small percentage who are gonna make it to the end. Um, it, It seems like teachers have been told something about their, their retirement benefits, right? That that isn't really true, or 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 have assumed something that isn't really true, right? I have this pension, I'm going to be set. And so for, for me in, in understanding, you know, the health of the profession. And, and wanting uh, to make sure that we are attracting the next generation of great teachers and doing right by the current generation of, of great teachers and especially making sure that all kids have access to great teachers. Um, just really diving deeper and deeper into this issue has become really important.
0: Yeah, and I, and I came at it from basically a budget perspective, you know, as an economist looking at what are the factors that are making it difficult for us to do the things that we want to do, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. why is it when we're spending so much money on education um, in the first place or the way that looks like it, are we not getting the kinds of salary outcomes um, that we would otherwise want? Or why is it that school districts continuously seem like they are strapped for cash? Um, even though there's like money, like in a lot of states, was increasing over the last decade, and there's lots of aspects of that to that, you know, that, that are beyond that are beyond retirement policy. And there's in in many ways, one of the challenges is that there's clearly not enough dollars that are flowing into education writ large. Um, but there's this external, we have, you know looking at it from a budget perspective, was like, oh my gosh, there's this external pressure, like that is sucking billions of dollars out of the system every year. Well like this, like this is, this is, um, this is something that if you're a state legislature, you might actually think you are giving a lot of money um, to the education process. You might actually think that based off the top line dollar number, oh, we're increasing the amount of money that we're putting into education every year. And if underneath that, the costs of the, that $700 billion in pension debt is increasing, there are states where even though it looks like they're increasing education funding, the dollars that are getting to the district, and to the classroom, have been shrinking, just because of this one factor. And so, the minute that I saw that, um, I knew this just something I needed to focus on.
2: There's also the perception that because the costs of the retirement benefits have been increasing so dramatically, that the benefits must be too generous, right? That that why, why are we giving away such such Fantastic benefits that that keep having uh, these rising costs, right? That we can't keep up with. And as Anthony said, it's the it's the unfunded part that's growing. the The benefits themselves are are not growing. So there's also this perception, like, oh, teachers need to be quiet about their their flat salaries because they have these fantastically generous uh, retirement benefits. When when those rising costs aren't because the benefits are getting more generous.
1: Mm. So I, I wanna put, I wanna note that you connect have already, Sandy, begun to connect this question to uh, working conditions and schools. And so have you, Anthony, like where is the, you know, what happens to school budgets and the possibilities for schools. And I wanna come back around to that. But I'm also thinking about you, Anthony, imagining people in their war paint. So I just wonder if there's a short answer to the question. Um, what is the what are the best pathways toward a solution to this problem and whether we could sort of ease our listeners minds to say that you're thinking not only about the problem but that there are potential solutions and then we can come back around to thinking about the impact on schools
0: well the the best path is a collaborative one Um, there's a need to have more stakeholders at a table talking about what problems actually exist and, and, and making sure that there's some sort of level setting on that um, before like a solutions conversation starts. Because mm-hmm. um, in a lot of a lot of instances, the people actually jump straight to solutions before they all agree on what problems exist in the first mm-hmm. place, right? So, mm-hmm. so Andy and I, we've looked at the data and we say, the data says one, basically one in five teachers winds up with uh, a, a pension that they can retire on. Someone else might look at the data and and say uh, it might, maybe it's two out of five, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the thing that we all need to agree on first and foremost is that this system is not working for everybody, because mm-hmm. that's not something that everybody actually does agree on. There's there's a lot of individuals who I think they just assume that like teacher pensions have been around for basically a hundred years, in you know, here in New York City for more than a hundred years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so they must be working for everybody. So just sort of like starting the pathway to solutions starts with everybody's voice being a part of this and i've worked in projects where there's people from the district and there's people from the state and there's people from the legislature and there are educators represented there's retired represent um, educators that are represented and you have to get like 20 to 25 people around a table and Mm -hmm. spend a year making sure that everybody understands what it is we're trying to solve and then start working through the solution that is actually the pathway to actually getting to solutions. And ultimately what solutions look like is they make sure that every educator, no matter whether or not you're going to be, you know, five years, 10 years, or full career, that you at least have the option of being on a path to retirement security as part of your package, Mm -hmm. part of your compensation package. And And states that have been managing their retirement systems well are ones that have been thinking really critically about the future, about making sure that there is some kind of like very reasonable and rational set of assumptions that go into how they project the future. Because one of the biggest problems, um, and I know this is like sort of getting past the sort of simple solutions, but one of the biggest problems is just assuming the future is going to look just like the past. Mm -hmm. And we just don't live in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s anymore. Um, And our our systems are built for that. They're not built for the 21st century. So, you know, I, I think the, the pathways have to be collaborative. And solutions that we're pushing towards are one that's, ones that are very inclusive and that are thinking really critically about like what is the most reasonable way to think things are gonna like go in the future.
1: I feel like if you're comfortable, I'd like to step back for our own audience um, to thinking about the kind of undergirding the why they should get involved in this conversation. On our show, we generally spend a lot of time talking about classroom resources, pedagogy, teaching practice. So as I've already noted in the (laughs) opening, some regular listeners will probably be surprised to have tuned in to be talking about retirement funding. So um, if you don't mind, I'd like us to spend a little time talking about why they why our listeners who are interested in healthy schools should be interested in pension funding um and connecting that to innovative and high quality education so um that's kind of an open question like maybe you would like to lead the way
0: i'll give a short answer then i'll throw it to sandy so there's um i think one of the most important reasons why you should care about this is that the costs of teacher retirement systems over the last 20 years as a share of education budgets has doubled. So over the last 20 years, the amount of money that's coming out of education budgets to pay for teacher retirement benefits has doubled. Benefits have not doubled, right? The amount of money that educators are getting has not doubled. Um, The amount of money, uh, like the, the generosity of benefits has not increased. And the reason why that's happened is because back in 2001, almost every teacher pension system in the country had all the money that it needed to fund benefits. And between then and now, there has been this shortfall of money that has built up this deficit. And so that cost growth has been all debt financing costs. Almost all of it has been the cost of trying to debt finance teacher pension benefits. The costs of doing that are having a disproportionate influence on school districts and particularly school districts that um, are already struggling with resources. And so there's actually a disproportionate effect on students of color, students in low income districts, um, uh, students that are in districts that have otherwise been financially strapped for other reasons. The, The costs of this are not affecting everybody Equally, and so that in a, in effect, some of the inequities that already exist in our education finance system have been exacerbated by this problem. I, I think that's one of the most important reasons to care.
2: Yeah, and I would add to that that um, we desperately need teacher voice in this conversation. Right, as 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 Anthony said, the the solutions are about getting stakeholders to agree on what the problem is and and getting all of those. Uh, um, Priorities clear and, and working together on those solutions. And um, right, it, teachers aren't like anybody, aren't different than anybody else. Americans don't pay a lot of attention to their retirement benefits. Uh, so it's not surprising that the typical teacher isn't, um, let alone right, all the other things that they're dealing with in the course of the day. Um, but there tends to be a perception that, that it's like a zero-sum game. Somebody's got to lose so that we can make changes to the, to the system. And, and Anthony, I see opportunities for everybody to win, right? And, and, and better serve teachers and have ret- teachers' retirement security be very front and center in these conversations. And frequently, um, the voices that are at the table speaking for teachers Uh, around retirement issues tend to take a posture that nothing should change. And as Anthony and I have been talking to teachers across the country, we find out that as soon as they understand their system, they they want to be uh, advocates for for change. They they see uh, that it's not working for for everybody. They see there are other options that that could work better for a lot of teachers. Um, but, But we need that teacher voice uh, both asking for the change and then at the table to be part of the conversation.
0: You know, and actually, if I could add a quick story here, just to kind of like um, point out kind of what we're talking about. So, back in two thousand and fourteen, um, in California, the state legislature um, was was looking at the teacher pension system in California, Calsters, which I'm sure a handful of your listeners are going to be familiar with, um, and. That system had tens of billions of dollars in what are formerly called unfunded liabilities, which we just call like pension debt. This is money that's owed to teachers, right? So it's going to be owed to the retirement system to pay out teacher benefits. Tens of billions of dollars shortfall. And the state legislature decided that the way that they wanted to handle it was the state was going to chip in a little bit and they were going to push most of the cost increase down onto districts and they were going to raise teacher contributions a little bit. And the way that they handled that for districts is they said districts on average, more or less, every year going forward for the next 10 years, you're going to pay about 1% of payroll more every year into this system. And so that's going to start to accumulate. So the, the cost of contributions into the retirement system um, from 2014 up to 2019 and 2020, it was increasing exponentially. hmm during that time frame, so there's a group in California called Pivot Learning that they did a survey of school board members and they asked them, so as you were seeing your Calsters contributions increase every year without any money coming in, what were you doing to adjust? And 55% of districts reported that they were deferring maintenance on their building. Something like a third of districts were doing things like Um, shutting down enrichment programs or deferring technology purchases. Um, In some instances they're, you know, they said they're like having to shut down ESL programs. Um, It wasn't every school and it wasn't every district but it was more than half that were doing these kinds of things. And then COVID arrives and we were deferring maintenance on our buildings and we were delaying technology purchases and we were shutting down programs that were necessary to try and reach um, disaffected students. Those are like the worst things to have been doing in the years leading up into the pandemic. Those were a problem before the pandemic, right? Like those were hurting students then. They just sort of like exacerbated some of the things that the pandemic has come and pushed down upon districts. And so there's, and I I highlight that example to say that this is real, like in now, like this is not about making sure just that systems have enough money to pay teacher benefits 20 and 50 years from now, although that's part of it. But this is about students today as well.
1: Indeed. Uh, That's a really, I think that was a really helpful example. So thanks for adding that in. And I think you have really created the transition because I think people, teachers, for any number of reasons are rethinking their work and whether there will be work for them and Whether they want to keep doing the work that's available if especially if they are nearing retirement age and might have any health conditions the whole question about what happens next is um, underscored as you said by this moment in history so uh, I would love to talk a little bit about what what if we have gotten teachers interest or panic or excitement, because you could have a range of responses to hearing somebody finally talking about this. Um, What can teachers do? So I understand, my understanding is that your core goal in reaching out to teacher networks like the National Writing Project are to get teachers to take a more active role. And I think Sandy, you keep saying that in this interview, like we need teachers at the table Um, and to educate themselves and advocate for healthy retirement systems. So how can a teacher who wants to learn more, educate themselves about how pensions work in general and maybe about how things are in their own particular state or district.
0: Yeah, well, it's, I mean, there's, all right, there's a handful of ways and it kind of actually just starts with um, telling yourself, all right, I'm going to, like spend some time looking at I'm this. Like, unfortunately, this is this is not something that you can ask Siri the answer to. Um, and if you Google it, you're not going to get a short little pithy answer right there um, at the top, like a lot of other answers. You know, that's one of the reasons I think, um, like even just thinking about our futures is oftentimes very scary, which is why, <laughs> my wife doesn't even like to open her bank account, like just to look at the numbers, right? It's just like, it's just too scary. It's like, don't even think about it, then maybe we'll have to like <laughs> deal with it, right? Um, Uh, Maybe that's why she married an economist to, to to handle that. The, the, I think, so it really does start with um, saying, all right, this is something I do want to kind of dive in and spend some time looking at it. Um, We've created a couple of tools at Equable. One, so if you, if you visit Equable.org, E-Q-U-A-B-L-E, there are some pension basics. So these are like short 500 word or less, um, kind of blog posts that kind of just go through what are some of the basic things about like pension systems and what are we even talking about in the first place what are some of the technical jargon I've thrown out on this um, we've created a more elaborate um, almost curriculum of sorts um, uh, it's really a, it's a tool to educate yourself based off the things that you want to understand um, or the things that you want to dive into more and that's called teacher retirement you Dot org um, and you visit teachertirement you.org you'll see different modules focused on different aspects of this. You can kind of uh, go at you know, skip around you can go through the flow that's sort of set up there. but it's really it's, it's something that's came out of Sandy and I literally traveling around the country talking with educators, sitting down in a room, asking them about the things that they knew and understand about their own systems, things that they wanted to know and understand. Um, we've walked through, I've kind of like lost count of how many different teacher groups we've actually, um, sat and we've done like hour long or two hour long webinars with this content for, um, but if you wanted sort of like a self, um, driven process of sort of educating yourself, those are a couple of places to start that we've created. Um, but you can also, I think, find a lot of, you know, your own retirement system probably has some good resources for you too, you know, and they're not always well. Publish that publicize because that's not what a lot of retirement systems like their skills are. Their skills are right? I'm supposed to be investing money, right. and making sure they give the checks to you when you retire, right? And it's great. Those should be the two, you know, the top two things, right? Some systems have really good education tools available to help their members understand what you're going to get, when you're going to get it, what's available to you. So I would also, you know, encourage you to visit your own retirement systems website to, you know, see what resources they have available. Um, Sandy, I'm, uh, you know, there's there's less technical things probably that teachers can be doing. What would you recommend?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's also about, right, there's two lenses you want to think about this through. One is understanding how your own retirement, right, how, the, the path that you're on, understanding the benefits that uh, you're entitled to. Um, most people get a statement in the mail every year from the system, right? That, like Anthony's wife, most of us just put aside and and don't pay much attention to. Uh, and and some of those statements have more information than than others. Um, but also, right, go, go into the website for the system and and understanding, like. What, do I do I understand when I'm eligible for retirement? Do I understand what happens if I leave before I'm eligible for retirement? Right? Do I understand what I wouldn't wouldn't be entitled to? And 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 understanding the trajectory that you're on, um, especially right? We have so many uh, people who. Enter teaching uh, as a second career or you know, didn't immediately start on the path. So they're starting at the career at, at a uh, older age, right? What does that mean if I if I started teaching at 40? What does that mean? How many years would, would I have to work, right, to be eligible for, for the pension and, and to understand uh, what, what, if, what will happen if, if you retire before that point. So understanding how it's working for you. And then um, as Anthony said, it's really understanding, you know how it's structured and how it's working for, for teachers as a whole in, in your state. Um, uh, because I, I, I think most teachers are shocked to find out how the the, the really pretty small percentage of teachers who, who are gonna make it to, to the very end, I think. Um, right, we all sort of have that perception that teachers get pensions, and, and that means, right, pretty much everyone who is ever a teacher has a pension, and, and that's really not the way it works. So, so the, um, the Equable website can give you a lot of that information for your state and so sort of under, understanding the, the bigger picture. So you need to understand how it works for you and, and how it's working for teachers in general in your state.
1: And then I think um, the third lens that we've kind of already talked about, but I just want to remind our listeners, because they tend to be um, leaders and advocates in their schools and districts and communities, is how does this work for the health of our school and our district?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's the personal level, which is like, are you enrolled in social security or not? Right, because a million teachers are not, and many of them don't know that. Um, you know, there's, you know, do you have options other than the retirement system that you're enrolled in? Um, there, you know, there's a do you realize how long you have to work before you actually will accumulate a pension that is worth like something you can retire on? You know, have you moved states and were you able to, you know, you probably weren't able to transfer very much, right? There's the personal level. But from a thinking about this in an advocacy level and thinking about this as um, is how does this intersect other issues? It actually is worth the time to try and understand the nuts and bolts, because pensions don't actually work like Social Security. Um, The the way that we finance defined benefit pensions with states and cities is completely different than the way the federal government does it. Right When the federal government um, pays Social Security with all of our tax dollars, they collect that money and they pay out benefits today pensions are actually funded in advance, right? You actually don't use today's people's contributions to fund today's Mm -hmm. retirees. We're we're setting aside money from school districts and states and people today, and then that money gets invested and that collective money then pays the retirement benefits of people that contributed in the past. Mm -hmm. Because of that finance system, that's why there's even this thing called a pension debt payment in the first place and the way that your state goes about financing that pension debt can matter a lot to district resources and can matter a lot to available money for paying you know for 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 compensation Arizona just passed a tax increase as as a ballot measure um, in the election a couple days ago Um, and this measure was specifically designed to try and inject about 750 billion or 750 million to a billion dollars into education, specifically line item to raise educator salaries. Great. Um, over the last 15 years, the contributions from educators into Arizona's teacher retirement system have increased from 2% of their pay to 12% of their pay. There has been over the last roughly two decades, a roughly 10% pay cut um, uh, from educators into their retirement system. All all of that because Arizona's teacher pension debt has grown over the last two decades. So while I look at a, a, a tax measure like that, and I say, this is great that we're gonna inject more money into education. This is great that we're gonna raise teacher salaries. Has anybody stopped to figure out is that contribution rate going to stop growing? Because it's not actually, because um, it's Arizona state law says that teachers pay 50% of all pension debt. So if pension debt continues growing in Arizona for teachers, then their contributions are going to keep growing, which means that all of the money that just got raised via a ballot measure to raise taxes to put money in education for salaries might just be completely wiped out if we don't deal with that problem in Arizona. So there's From an advocacy perspective, whether you're focused on compensation or education equity, understanding the nuts and bolts of this, it's really worth the time to try and and to to, to figure out how this works and how it works for your state.
2: And the other thing to understand there is, um, I think there's a a common perception that there's, there's two choices. There's a traditional pension plan and there's a defined contribution plan like a 401k. And there's nothing in between, right? It's a black and white issue. We're either going to have our pension or we're going to have a four hundred one k style plan. And um, there are many, there are other options. There, there are there are changes you can make to how the pension system is structured. Uh, there are other types of plans, uh, and and understanding the trade offs of each type of of plan, right? There's no one magic plan that's going to work equally well for everybody. Uh, but understanding that. First of all, there there are other options, and and understanding you know the the trade-offs of of which plans work best for which type of teachers I think is really helpful uh, to to being at the table. But I think teachers, right? We've we've seen this uh, in in many states where there were teacher strikes a, a few years back. When teachers hear that pensions are on the table, they they assume. Uh, they're coming to take our pensions away right They that this is going to be something we are going to lose right and in some cases that's what's being proposed is not at all in teachers best interest, um, right. but being able to really understand what is at the table and and uh, whether or not that is a good thing for teachers is, is really important.
1: Mm. I um, would really like to thank you. I am sure that teachers who are listening to this conversation, uh, like myself, are interested excited and probably activated uh national writing project um, sort of runs on a set of social practices and one is to get involved and lead and advocate for things that are important for your school or district and i think that this conversation is an important one that will probably spark a lot of interest so i want to remind listeners um that they should visit if they're excited by this or even um nervous about it. They should make their way to Equable, equabl uh, to learn uh, some pension basics and to look at that tool for educators, TeacherRetirementU.org. Um, and I'd like to ask, I'd like to thank both of you for being here, but also ask if there are final things you haven't had the opportunity to say before we sign off.
0: Uh, just only thank you for, you know, having us on and for any everybody that is listening. Um, hopefully, um, I, the passion that both Sandy and I feel has sort of come through on this. This is a like a technical wonky issue that is not the thing that most people talk about, right? It doesn't rise to the level of most um, national and political debates, but it's also possibly one of the the most important things is to try and get right over the next couple of years um, because uh, the covid pandemic is devastating state and local tax resources um, the reduction in state and local tax revenues is is going to hurt education um, but it's actually also going to increase pension costs and those pension costs are then going to create additional pressure um, on states and cities, and on and, and on um, education budgets. And ap- after the financial crisis, um, things got worse before they got better, um, but they never fully recovered. And we actually went into the COVID recession worse off than we were um, going into the Great Recession. And so there's there's a, a a very the next ten years are really important that we fix these problems and we get them right and we don't um, make the same mistake as we did the last 10 years of just sort of hoping that they would solve themselves. Um, We exist at Equable to try and help all stakeholders on this. You know, we are not pro-pension, anti-pension. We are not um, pro-really anything. We're actually a a bipartisan organization. Half of our border or former elected Republicans and former elected Democrats. um, um, We exist to, we we have former union members on, on our board too. So the um we exist to try and help all stakeholders so reach out as well visit our 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 resources um shoot us an email you can find our emails um, on our website um we exist to try and help you and talk to you and give you resources about your your state
2: yeah the only thing i'd add to that is um i we can understand that you might feel nervous hearing about this issue 700 billion dollar shortfall right Sounds, sounds like you should be nervous about. We also may feel a little bit of outrage and, and, and want to understand how these systems are and aren't serving teachers well.
1: I would like to thank you both for being here. As I said at the beginning, it's always so interesting to talk to someone who's an expert in something I know very little about and I feel like you've really uh, piqued my interest and, um, made me want to know more and I'm sure our listeners will feel the same way so thanks for your time for the work that you're doing on behalf of all of us and um for sharing it with our network today thanks
0: thank you NWP Radio. you're listening to nwp radio a production of the national writing project nwp nwp
2: radio